If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You're listening to the number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Now, in today's episode, we answer fitness and health questions at the back half of the episode. These are questions asked by our audience. But the way we open the episode is with current event talk, uh, talk about our lives. We mention our sponsors. We have a lot of fun. That's the first 44 minutes of this episode. I'm going to tell you the entire breakdown of the episode. So if you want to fast forward to your favorite part, you totally can. Or if you want to be an awesome person. Stick around for the ride. Just start from the beginning and go to the end. All right, so we open up by talking about, uh, well, actually, we start singing a song, uh, Lollipop, like they did on the movie Stand By Me, showing mm. our age a little bit, Yeah, uh, which sounds like Olipop. That's one of our sponsors. Olipop makes sodas that have uh, no sugar, uh, no sugar in the sodas, and they're gut-healthy, gut-healthy ingredients for your belly, help you with digestion, with prebiotics and other compounds that help soothe, nourish and support gut health. This stuff is delicious, by the way. There's like a strawberry cream flavor. That one's one of my favorites. And because you listen to Mind Pump, you actually get a discount. Go check them out. Go to drinkolipop.com. That's the word drink. Olipop is O-L-I-P-O-P.com. Use the code Mind Pump and you'll get 15% off. Then we talk about heart rate and sleep. Uh, apparently, Adam says uh, speeding up your heart rate prevents you from having good good sleep unless it's sex for yeah. men. Okay. Right, yeah, for men. Then we talk about electronics and parenting. A lot of cool parenting talk. We're all fathers, and we love the fact that we have children, so we have some good conversation there. Then we talk about the antitrust stuff that's happening with Facebook. Uh-oh, Facebook, your days might be numbered. Zuckerberg sweating. Uh, now, that reminded me to talk about our other sponsor, Organifi. Organifi uh, started their company by advertising on Facebook. Now, this company makes organic supplements. Their most popular seller is their green juice. It's powdered green superfoods uh, that you mix with water, tastes good, gives you some nutrients. It's great if you miss your vegetables, but they also have protein powders and other products. Everything, again, is organic and plant-based. Um, and because you listen to Mind Pump, you get the biggest discount you'll find anywhere, 20% off. Oh, yeah. Go check them out, Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for that 20% off. Then we got into answering the questions. The first question that we answered was, what exercises would be best to grow the glutes, that's the butt, without building the quads? So this person wants a nice butt, but not massive quads. Mm. Next question, this person wants to know when they should or shouldn't increase intensity in their workouts. That's a good question. The third question was, do we think intermittent fasting can be done long-term? And the final question, this person wants to know how long it took all of us to fall in love with the journey and not the destination. That's the secret, by the way, to long-term success in fitness. Fall in love with it. Also, this month, we did something a little different. We put together three workout package bundles for three, three different types of people. So a package bundle includes multiple MAPS workout programs. Each one of the bundles I'm about to go over is about nine months of exercise programming, meaning Every workout day is planned out for you for a full nine months or more. In fact, some of these are a little longer than that. Now, here are the three bundles. The first one is the new to weightlifting bundle. This is great for beginners. The next one is the body transformation bundle. This one's good for people who are intermediate level. And the final bundle 
is the New Year Extreme Intensity Bundle. That one's for those of you with advanced experience. Extreme! With fitness. By the way, all of these bundles come with one year free access to the Mind Pump private forum. You can go on there, ask questions about your workout, ask questions about your form. You can post funny memes. You can get in great arguments. Uh, it's a great community. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's true. It's a lot of fun. You can find uh, out more about all these bundles or sign up at mapsdecember.com. That's the word maps, M-A-P-S, December.com. By the way, all these bundles come with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose except for some of that belly fat. Oh, you can do that. I didn't know if you could do that. You can make mouth noises too. I didn't know I could do it either. I haven't done it. Is that your first time doing it? Since I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? I remember doing that as a kid, right? Don't you guys remember? You got the cheeks for it. I do. Yeah. Wow. That's all you do from the outside. That's pretty good. Oh, you go in? Yeah. You're supposed to go in. Oh. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, his sound is. His sound. I'm not even going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was outside. That's now. pretty good. <laughs> you no, did it wrong you the whole time. You do it unconventionally. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. That's weird. Is that how the kids do it on the on the show? Yeah, it's, through, it's, through the mouth. It, on what show? It's from uh, it's from the movie. Um, what you call it? Isn't it from? No, Stand we're by, do, we're talking about Stand our, by Me. Didn't they do it in that Olipop? Well, it, they're not saying Olipop. You moron. It's lollipop. They're oh. sing, they're singing it in that movie, and I think the kids do it right. Oh, yeah. That's where that oh, that's yeah. where that came from, or at least yeah. that's where I think I remember getting it from. That movie was great. Yeah. I haven't seen it in so long. Sta- look at Stand I By Me. I only remember the lollipop. The, was the lollipop guild? Right? Oh, that's from, from Wizard of Oz. Do Stand By weird. Me lolly, lollipop song, and I'm pretty sure the the boys are all singing it together, and then they do that with their the their finger on their in their mouth. Except they do it with the in the mouth. Is that yeah. well, Adam's doing it the wrong? way. I didn't know. That. That. Yeah. So let me see. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm. Maybe maybe I was doing it the right way. Justin, I didn't even know there was another way to do it. <laughs> no, that's why I mean. I, was, I, I mean, that's it's like mind-boggling. Interesting. I mean, no. you come to Mind Pump to learn fitness, but sometimes, you but get, sometimes it's just so much more than that. You know? <laughs> so much more. That <laughs> yeah. was supposed to be a commercial for Olipop. Adam. <laughs> it was. It was. You, I know. You I derailed. Us I with did your derail. Oh, yeah, but you just you brought something up. I've been drinking those things like crazy. Yeah, they I taste know. ridiculous. So it's I, like a candy soda. I've moved from favorites. So it used to be. When we when we first started working with them, it was the vintage cola and the root beer. Mm-hmm. The root beer, those are my two least. The strawberry I, vanilla, I like, and then the what's the, the get out of here? The, the root beer is amazing. No, no I, root well, beer is number one. They're okay, they're good, but I like the strawberry vanilla and the orange cream or whatever. Oh, you like the orange cream one? Yeah, yeah. that one's like uh, okay for me. That's yeah. the one that Doug and I fight the, over. You guys can have that. The the strawberry vanilla, I think we probably all agree is like one of the oh, better ones. Really so good. that's probably one of the best. Mm-hmm. If it, we all agree, that's up there. That's probably my number two. Root beer is number one though, dude. Well, yeah. the stuff in there is legit. Good I even like for the, your gut. The, even the cherry vanilla one. The new, I think that was a newer flavor. I mm-hmm. like that one. That one's good too. What flavor would you like to see? Ooh, yeah. Did you guys? Okay, so good let me ask question. you. Let me yeah. ask you guys this: When you were kids, ginger beer. Were you guys fans of soda, but in the sense that you would try and find like orange cream or grape, or, or were you guys traditionalist? Uh, I I was like more drawn to like the Fanta kind of like uh, fruit. Like real, like crazy sugary flavors, yeah. dude. Yeah, mainly over the summer for some reason. Like the orange crush and all that kind of stuff really yes. got me back. In- you know what? You're right, Adam. What it was on Stand by Me. Of course, this is the second time you've been right this year. No, it's no, it's th- worth celebrating. Uh, this like last <laughs> week, bra. 
Well, yeah, bro. Well, bro. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in December. Yeah. <laughs> two che- times. Check yourself. Bro. It happened. They just so happen to happen no, next no. to each other. Yeah, yeah. But for the whole year, it's two. No, 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 no. Yeah. There's somebody, hey, there's, there's somebody out right there. What's happening? There's somebody out there. So when I was a kid, tell me, we're watching the intro thing right now. Which kid people said that I was I look like? So oh. obviously not there, those two. There's four blondes. I'm probably the chunky one. So that's, there's Justin on the yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. See? He threw the mouth. Okay, you're right. You're totally wrong. No. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa! You didn't even know it was in that in that movie, and that's where it came. I just knew how the that's pop- what that's where that came from. Okay, so you know the kid with the glasses, the the whatever. Yeah, that I hate, I hate that. Oh, you look like the kid from whatever. <laughs> really? No wonder I was insecure about my body. Uh. Every skinny kid on TV. Did you wear glasses growing up? I as didn't. A kid? I did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I did uh, when I was older, a little older, and then mm. I got laser eye surgery. Oh you had, yeah! You oh yeah! What, what? 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 How old were you when you were wearing? That glasses? scares me. Was it in high school at all? I started wearing. No, I started wearing glasses uh, only when I would drive. Probably when I was in my early twenties. Oh wow! You got yeah. so you got the LASIK later. I got LASIK at the age I want to say I was 28, 28 years old. Because by that point, I was wearing when I drove. I probably should have worn them all the time. And then when I was doing jujitsu, I was like, you know, I want to have better vision. Can't wear glasses while doing it. I researched LASIK or whatever, and mm-hmm. I did that. You said it scares you, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, lasers in your eyeballs, like, uh, you got to watch them do that. Like, that, I don't know. That it's freaks the, me out. It was the easiest thing ever. Yeah. It was the easiest thing ever. You go in. I go I've in. i watched too much sci-fi. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, so I'm like, oh, God, lasers. You, you yeah. don't actually get lasers in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what my brain goes to. It's like the beginning of a comic book, you know? Yeah. Laser eye, eye accident turned him into laser yeah, eye man. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm Cyclops. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I went in, and so this was a while ago, right? So I'm 28 maybe. And uh, they you know, sign up for it, whatever. And they say, uh, would you like a Valium? So I'm like, okay, I'll yeah, take yeah, a- Of course I, I wasn't nervous, but I'm yeah. like, sure, I'll take a Valium. <laughs> Then they lay you down. They, they put, offer that for that, huh? That's wow. interesting. Hooked it up. Dude, yeah. that's like laughing gas when you go to uh, the dentist. I've never had laughing gas. Oh, it's fun. Really? Is it a good time? Good time. Why? Yeah. You, you've never had anything done to your teeth? First of all, I've never had a cavity, but um, wow. I guess you're right. No, I've never had- I've never had a cavity. you never had a cavity? Mm-mm. But really? I've, had te- I've had teeth work done. I, I'll so. give you back your health ambassador sash. <laughs> yeah, wait, hold you on. You just earned it. What was your teeth work then? Well, I remember I had- remember Oh, I'd, braces. Yeah, I've had braces. They also did the, um, you know, they they shave uh, shave down my teeth so they're more level and stuff. Mm. I've had that done. Okay. What else have I had done? Did they have to stretch out your palate and all that stuff? No. You didn't. You had enough room? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I go a, there. I got a big mouth. Big, huge. Yeah. Dude, so, dude, speaking of big mouth. Keep it open. Hold on. I'm telling my story. Oh, sorry. So sorry, I go yeah. in. They give me the value. Sorry. It was you, a terrible story. That's why I've they give you. you. They yeah. put the eye drops in. You're close. Listen, it's like 30 seconds, bro. They put. They open your eye with the machine thing, and they hold it open. It's like, and it's done. That's it? That's, That's it. it. You don't it's feel like, anything? It's like 30... Don't no. you have to go in like, like darkness for a while? No, it, it, but actually you can see them kind of peel off a little bit of your cornea. So you're like looking and it's like, and everything's blurry. That and then freaks me out. Put it back down and then immediately you see better. <clears throat> immediately. Well, It's yeah. weird. The payoff's great. Weird. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I have a... So I'm going to tell something else right now or ask you something else right now that's a terrible transition, but I, I don't want to I don't want to forget it. Um, I was just watching Max was doing this interview and they were talking about sex uh, and your and heart rate with sleep, like... Huh? So I guess the the number one indicator for uh, for good sleep that night is where your heart rate is going into bed. 
Hmm. Did you know that? So if it's high, then it's hard to sleep? Yeah, which of course, anxiety and things like that oh, elevate the heart rate, right? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 that's the, the number one indicator that they have, that they we can, we, we've can we drawn the most studies and conclusions to that as effects, affects that is heart rate. Mm. So here's another interesting fact that I didn't know. That, uh, and I, I forget, so go look at Max's page. He posted Lugavere? this. Yeah, Lugavere. Okay. So afternoon delights is the move. Well, listen, so- <laughs> Is that what you call it? So yeah. afternoon delight. So the theory. So, but here's here's <laughs> something that delight. here's something weird. Then the why? Then why is it uh, after we have sex that you want to fall asleep right away as a man? So there's a hormone that's released that that pairs with testosterone that make that it works like a sedative, and it's the opposite when it pairs with estrogen. It makes it like uh, wide awake. Mm. So uh, men having sex before before bed is actually advantageous, but for women, it's the opposite. Wow. Yeah. Did you know that? Wow. I thought yeah. that was interesting. I didn't know that. Why, yeah, I wonder why that would be programmed. So, will you go to sleep? She's awake and uh, she's still. Yeah, well, ready I would to love go. to hear what your thoughts are evolutionary. Why that would why that would happen? I mean, if, I mean, who knows? It could be a lot of different things. It could be that the <laughs> that the the what are they the guys the people who talk about how humans originally were having sex with everybody in the tribe. Um, oh, so she could go bounce around from like tent to tent. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Well, she, all the guys was, sleeping, just sawing logs. Is, oh, yeah, oh next thank t- you. Next tent. Yeah. Next tent. Yeah. See you oh. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh. It's your turn. No, I think. Okay, so the theory is this: the the male penis, first off, is very large in com- uh, in comparison to other primates. So we have the biggest penis to body weight yeah, and size. Right. Take that, gorillas. So we have like big penises, and then we have, and then the shape of our penis, right? The head and uh, the foreskin and all that stuff. It the theory is is that it was we evolved to displace semen uh, and replace it with our own. So it's like she had sex. So it's like a plunger. Yes. So she did it with this dude. He's asleep. Now it's my turn. And the and the guys with the bigger penises who plunge the best, obviously they're that is a crazy theory to me. That's that was that's the theory. That's the prevailing theory. Um, I don't know if it's prevailing. Look up prevailing theory for penises, Doug. Yeah, look up big <laughs> prevailing theories. Yeah. My search is Doug. getting very interesting <laughs> it's now. Very tainted. Look up now. That's a, a part of me does it just look up purpose. big penises. Yeah, watch out for those plumbers. That's yeah. what I'm look getting up out plunging of this. penises. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, but that's hey, a, hey, don't act like you. Hey, why is it already guess what you're about to type before you finish it? You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. you, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. hasn't finished typing it. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't type P. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what's coming up? Anyway, no, that's that is very interesting. Yeah, isn't that? I thought yeah. that was, I, Max posted that the this morning, uh, and I was just watching. Well, it. I mean, women can have multiple orgasms. There, I mean, that, there's more evidence for that theory, right? Guy has an orgasm, he's done mm-hmm, for yeah. you know at least you know. Well, now you know why you know. though. I didn't know why we felt that way afterwards. So there's actually something that gets released that actually pairs with testosterone that makes you feel. Sleepy and mm. it works like a sedative. So where and the opposite happens when it's paired with estrogen. I did not know that, and I thought that was a really fascinating fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, you know, Max was sharing a story on it, and he was talking about uh, his, his girlfriend that he had in his twenties. You could tell he was all embarrassed to tell the story, but he told it anyways. That <clears throat> when he was in his twenties, and you know, being the nerd that he is, and he's just like you, right? So mm. she's trying to have sex with him, and he's like, "I don't want to elevate my heart rate." 
And so he forever was a spoon. She, yeah, she for, she forever gave him shit for that. But that's he brought that up, and that's how this came about. And then the guy he was interviewing—I don't know who he was interviewing—but he was explaining uh, why oh, why Max. that was. And, why and would it, you say that, Max? Yeah, no, he call, he called himself out. Like if you listen to it, he called himself out. He goes, you know, I was a young kid, and of course yeah, you should yeah, never. As a, I love that guy. Yes, yeah, so he's the most eligible bachelor in the world. Is he eligible right now? I thought he's dating. Isn't he dating someone? Uh, he doesn't. I don't know if he is. He keeps it a secret. But mm. uh, oh, good looking, thought... smart, successful guy. I mean, the guy's uh, you know he's very popular. I oh, thought yeah. he was. I had a uh, I had a dad question for you, Sal and Justin. You could actually hop in too. You're um, a dad too. Oh, so. good. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I do have. Kids. It, it's it's more related because <laughs> you are you're doing that again, right? So mm. um and oh, you, new baby stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to hear the. Are there things right now that either already have came up that you're doing differently or things that you've already thought about that you're going to do different uh, with your son now? Mm, that's a good question. I'm way more present and aware than I was. Uh, yeah, you said you said that before. What I'm looking for is this, and is you know the 20 year old version Sal, the way he raised his kids, the decisions mm -hmm. you made, whether it be and it could be anything. It could be from uh, electronics to diet related to whatever like that the 20 year old you did it a certain way that you know the uh you know 40 year old you is going to do it a different I'd way. have to think about that I mean the biggest thing that pops in my head now that's gonna be very different is this one this uh one's gonna be homeschooled so that's a different one yeah so education is gonna be very different whereas my kids do traditional uh education uh we're gonna homeschool already that's, and that's, that's for sure that's for sure, and that that a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Jessica's on board. Um, I, this was something I'd thought about doing before, but at the time my wife wasn't on board, and you know, as you can imagine, one of the parents is going to have to be quite involved if you decide to do homeschooling. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. Uh, I, I mean, I can't think of any. The present thing is what's popping up most for me because it's like I'm much more like I'm I'm feeding them more, I'm yeah, changing yeah. more diapers, I'm burping them more. I'm hanging around more with the whole process. I'm more involved with all of it. Whereas before, I worked so much that after the you know week and a half off that I had, yeah, I was yeah. back at work 12 hours a day. So I didn't, I wasn't a part of the whole you know the whole thing yeah. nearly as much. So it's like, oh man, this is really tough. And you know, I'm, I'm starting to realize, well, that's because I'm <clears throat> way more involved. I see how hard it was. Whereas before, I was. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 9 p.m., I was at work. Yeah. So I'd come home and be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm, it's easy. I think I was looking for things that are like, I don't know, either related to your own issues and insecurities that you probably had in your 20s that you don't have now in your 40s or that you're aware of, I guess, now and and how you were, how you said, what made you, the way you acted or said or raised your kids. It came up, it came up for me because um, someone brought up like Max and his, his bare feet, right? Like my son literally has not wore, like he wore shoes in Tahoe when it's, it's wintertime now and yeah. cold and outside. Other than that, like no shoes ever, ever anywhere we go. And that's, it's funny because in my twenties, I was, I mean, I'm still a shoe fanatic. Oh, you would have had so many different oh, he designer would have, shoes. I would have had, I, and I, honestly, I thought about that as a, as a young man before I even had a kid. I thought, oh man, I can't wait to have a kid because I'm going to put him in all these Jordan sneakers <laughs> and this, and that he's going like to have all little cabbage patches. Yeah. And, and so uh, that's obviously way different now, of course, because of uh, my understanding of the importance of him being barefoot now. Um, <clears throat> so that was one. The other one was, uh, you know, in my mid 20s. I was still going through my insecurities and fears of not having money as a as a young kid to 
now I had it and uh, I was spending it and showing it off all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would that would have bled into him, right? I would, he would be wearing designer shit already, and I would be spending all kinds of money for his birthday and Christmas, like over the top. Mm-hmm. And it would all have been my own shit that I would have bled into him. But I'm aware of that stuff, mm-hmm. so I'm the, now I'm the complete opposite, right? He's barefoot. He has no. I've never bought him a pair of shoes, mm-hmm. and I'm not going over. The, I'm the one who wants to get him cardboard boxes for Christmas, like. Yeah. So on the opposite there, are there things like that that you think about that you were, you know, you know, I was, I was in my twenties, but, uh, by that time I, you know, I had been married already. I had already a house. So, and I was well aware, I was aware enough, I should say of my own issues, not, be, not necessarily aware enough to be good about them with myself, but aware enough not to put them on my kids. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. So like seeing my kids, you know, uh, you know, play soccer or do something and not do well at it, you know, maybe in my teens, I would have felt real insecure about that because that was something I had issues with. But then as a, as a, as a father, it was like, eh, well, here's so. an example that I think of that. I know you dealt with a challenge with your, your, your teenagers versus your, your little one now that maybe you'll do different. Like, uh, the introduction to electronics and uh, you know physical play and activity. I mean, was that something that you were adamant about when they were younger? And are you going to be different about that today or now I, with Aurelius? The like, big difference has to do with the fact that I have more time and I'm going to be there more. Um, but remember, electronics weren't a big thing for kids when my kids were his were, age. Were his age. Yeah. It only really started to become a thing in the last four yeah. years, three, four years. So maybe my daughter, because she's 11... But my son's 15. When he was really young, he didn't have uh, – there weren't electronics. like There weren't iPads and stuff for kids. Yeah. Uh, we watched TV and stuff together. That's a big one. I, I'll tell you what. Um, we watched a lot more TV uh, with my older kids than we do with my younger kid. And a lot of that has to do with Jessica. She does not a big fan of TV being on. Now, I grew up as a kid watching TV all the time. Yeah. And when I had my other kids – we were watch TV and it wasn't big. Thing. In fact, we still bond that way. My my kids and I, my older kids and I, love to sit down and watch a movie together. Jessica hates watching movies and TV too much, and she doesn't like the TV to be on uh, during the day. So that's already a big difference. The TV's off, yeah, quite a bit, yeah, yeah. Um, so I could see that being a difference. Now you can play this game too, Justin. I know you're not. You don't have. Are there things that you recognize now, like seeing them older, that you go, "Oh man, if I, if I had another one right now, I would do this, this, and that different." Uh. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to, I mean, trying to kind of think about all that kind of stuff because <laughs> I've actually thought about this, and that's why I'm getting a vasectomy. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't what, want to go through all that. Again, that's what dude. I'd do differently. Yeah, that's, that's what I would do differently. It's just, I'd pull uh, out. Yeah, no, honestly, I, there's all new challenges, and there's things like you bring up electronics. Of course, that's that's a big. Uh, See, I think you're really good with your kids with that. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and I, I, I don't. Um, I think I've taken a lot of the challenges and been able to uh, be flexible enough to send, then start re- recognizing that's going to be an issue, and how do I adjust this and, and and sort of pivot? And so it's like we've we've had things like TV was a big thing for a while, and then we realized we're doing that too much, and so I, I don't know. I think uh, it, we're just constantly evaluating all these things. Uh, Courtney and I both, and she helps me to recognize recognize all these things, especially me being on the phone too much and stuff. I think that would be yeah. an issue now for me personally, more than anybody, uh, having a new kid would be like them seeing me on the phone and yeah. like being so connected and like pulled to that. It's such a time. new thing too, like for us, right? In our generation, it's like really it's what the last five years where you're really glued to your phone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and two, I think, um, 
I think now because of where we're at business wise in what we've carved out in terms of priorities of like family, but also business and being able to weave that and balance that together. Um, uh, I've been able to kind of start really thinking about like how to, to really make more quality family time. And, and, and we started doing game nights and we started to, uh, make plans for, for the outside in the backyard and make it like, uh, somewhere where their friends are going to want to come and they're going to want to do activities outside. So I have to like engineer that, you right. know, it's not like it's, it used to be where kids would just go and uh, go to their friend's house, get on their bike and, and, and go do things yeah, out of the park, hole, or, dig holes, and yeah, just, just for find the bugs or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like that's, that's all I used to do as a kid. And so I'm trying to like find ways to figure out how to engineer that. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be drawn to it more and then their friends will come over. Cause the, the interesting part is there's a lot of the, the kids in their circle. I know which ones, you know, are prone, more prone to like, you know, the electronics, the video games and which ones actually still do physical things outside. Side and I'm always like, you know, encouraging, encouraging them. the ones, you know, I'm like bringing the ones over that I know are like a little more active and whatnot. Cause th- th- there's this one kid and I'm not going to put him on blast, but he's just, uh, he, he's been over to multiple people's houses and they do like these sleepovers or whatever. He'll bring his Chromebook and, and be like, mm, I want to just do the Chromebook. And then uh, the parents are like, well, okay, you know, you guys might have time for that, uh, you know, at some point, but uh, we, we need to go do things, jump on the trampoline, we can go for a walk, you know, you guys go throw the throw the ball around. And he's like, no, no, I just want to play video games. And he's like, this is just this, like, this little punk. <laughs> so he like, comes, all wait, he wants to do. So this kid comes over to other Brings kids. his stuff over there just to sit there and play with them on, what the? on the screen. Yeah. But that's a thing. That, that is a thing. It, yeah, like some kids are just like that's all they think about and all so, they want to do. But yeah. I don't get it. So if he's got his own Chromebook and he's coming over to a friend's house, how do your kids interact with that? Is, uh, there, is there a way that they, they are, all play together? They all play. Yeah, that's the thing. Is they all they all connect? It, it and it's so it's so silly, right? Because you could do that. You could connect online and just stay at your house. It's like why not just stay at your house? Yeah, you know, save it for that. Like you're interacting right now physically. Uh, go, go do, do something, something. physically. Dude, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to. It's compete. frustrating. The, and the games are so good. It's hard to compete with. I get that. You know, and it, it is. It's really it really draws them in, and it's immersive. And- it's got to be such a hard balance as a dad, right? To be able to like, because they're having fun too. Like, I I would I right. feel awful sometimes. Like it's because it's like maybe like a weekend or they're like they're having friends over, and then I'm over here policing how they do their fun. Like yeah. you, if they're really enjoying that, and I'm, it, I mean that's got to be difficult. It's interesting you bring yeah. this up. I, I there was actually a study. I just read about electronic use in adolescence and they did this big study and they found that parents that were strict about electronics versus parents that were lenient, it did not have an effect on whether or not they grew up to be, to use more or less electronics as adults. Interesting. Yeah. This was a, a new study. Yeah, I, I, I had no, I had no uh, parameters. Right. And I used to, we were kind of crazy, dude. I mean, I remember like gaming through the night like yeah. no breaks like it was a in fact that was a thing like when it, and it was a thing all the way till mm. i was in high school I mean, we were in 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 junior high elementary mm. everything right we had all the i always had the gaming console on the weekends my friends would come over and we were not told we couldn't play video games literally from friday till sunday nonstop. and there was times we did but the but what i do i do remember about us is we would naturally burn ourselves out and we would want to go like we would sometimes we would be playing and it's like, oh, my God, uh, let's just let's go play ball. Let's go outside well, and shoot the ball or go play football. Let me put this out there and pose this as a question. There used to be endings. So you would you would beat a game. 
or you would, you know, it was hard to pass levels and you would die and then, you know, you'd rotate with your friends or whatever. Like yeah. that's all been eliminated. Like oh, they can just respawn. They can just play like indefinitely. Like the game just doesn't stop. They I keep wonder what a new stuff. I wonder what a difference that makes it Huge being a, an difference. open loop well, like that versus again. A, I read this study; it was very interesting. And the parents that were more strict. How did recent not, was did this? Not re recent, it was a recent study. It did not result in the kids growing up and then using less electronics as adults. Hmm. It, look, I had a client. I had a uh, these clients that I worked with. Now I know this is one example, but they homeschooled their kid. In fact, this is how I learned about the whole homeschool <clears throat> community and stuff. And their son, they had this kind of, uh, what's it, what do they call it, free-range uh, education or free, I don't remember the, oh, the term. Yeah, yeah. It's this form of homeschooling where the kid literally leads the education. And it's kind of scary. So huh. like, I, I used to ask them. Similar well, to like what Greenfield does, right? Kind like of. That. And I used to ask them, I say, well, what if your kid just wants to play video games all day? I'm like, well, that's what he does then. And I we, we help, we try to find games that are whatever. But like, that's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this kid used to play computer games all the time. All the time. I mean, he was 14, 15, 16. That's all he did. Now, I'm still in touch with this kid, okay, because I know the family very well and I train them. Mm. The kid now, I mean, he works. He started a business. He's got a podcast. Like, he's not really doing that anymore. So, yeah. And my worry was always like, oh, man, what's this going to be like when he's when he grows up? But it didn't turn into a, a problem. He made a lot of friends playing video games. They all did it together. Now he started a business with some of them. They have a great – they have a podcast. I was on his podcast recently. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one example. Right. Um, but, you know, we may be – over, over fearful of a new thing. You know yeah, what I mean? That, I mean, that may be the case. And I've uh, also tried to foster their interest by uh, having them create. And so, dude, Minecraft—that's all it is. Yeah. So lots like that's those are the games that they're you know allowed to play the most. And also, there's ways that they can actually um, you, you build these things in terms of like actual game and learn code. And so I'm, that's what Roblox is, right? Yeah, Roblox. Yeah. So so they're actually really immersive in that. And so again, like yeah, th there may be a lot of fear around what that's gonna you know, translate to later on and what they're going to grow up wanting to do. But, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of them be, like really wanted to be like a game engineer or like something like that or like create things yeah. uh, within that structure. I just also am very concerned about them getting sunlight and getting exercise. That's the one. And, yeah. it, you know, and so my priorities lie in that way more than electronics. So really for me, it's a, a it, it's a it's a totem pole. And, and, you know, my priorities I stack. And, and so like that's that's what I'm cognizant of the most and, and I try to uh, you know foster that within the environment yeah so that's the big thing for me is in the moment like you're not active you're not moving you're pale you need some sunlight that kind of stuff yeah I pulled up the study so yeah. this was University of Colorado at Boulder did it um, the title of the study you can find it in sciencedaily.com parental restrictions on tech use have little lasting effect into adulthood and it says a new study of more than 1,200 individuals found that time Paid by Google <laughs> found that time spent with digital technology during adolescence has little impact on long-term use, suggesting that worries about widespread tech addiction may be overblown. Hmm. Parental limits on youth tech use had no lasting impact on use uh, in adults. I got to imagine it's not that much different than the generation of, of parents that had that watched the transition from radio to television. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine the first- It used to be, what's it called? The boob tube. Right. right? Instead of fry your brain. Yes. And Why was it called the boob tube? I because wondered. the term boob back then meant like, like you're, dummy. Like you're on the team. Like dummy. No, like an idiot. Like yeah. you're a dummy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Not, not boobies. I just- yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just booby. Yeah, I don't like, get it. Boobies. I don't understand. Like, yeah, dummy. Doug, Doug, pull it up. Pull up boob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dummy. Uh, yeah, no, I, so I'm sure they felt the same way too, right? Imagine you never having a television in your house and then all of a sudden you've got this thing that kids want to sit in front of and stare at, you know, for hours. Right. And I'm sure there was a lot of people, I mean, that's... Uh, our parents' generation, they seem to be pretty fine when it comes to I mean, playing. rock and roll used to freak the hell out of people. Yeah. Elvis. Elvis, oh, with the way he danced. his hips, yeah. Used to freak everybody out, you know? And I think sometimes we do are a little... Okay, here's the reality. Kids today do less drugs, uh, are yeah. having less are less un, you know unprotected sex. They're I still think it's a big responsibility of the parent to instill you know the core values and then let them yeah. grow up to 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 decide for themselves. So obviously you know I, there's not like like super commanding like no you can't ever uh, experience this you can't play these things like it's not like. Uh, you know, I'm making sure like nobody's having fun. Right, right. It, it's more just like here's what I value the most, and I want you to carry that with you. Well, you bring up the, I mean, the you know, getting sunlight and just movement and play is is just so important to development altogether, both brain, both health, skin, all yeah. those things, right? That. So I think I, I I see that, and I still stand by what I said probably years ago on this podcast was talking about the posture thing. Mm-hmm. So there definitely is, and I see that. Oh, I already see. Yeah, forward head. I, yeah. I, work, I work on that with my kids. Yeah. When I when I bring them, when I train them, when they're with me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I make a special focus on that because I can already see it in them. Right. Dude, so especially the, the, now. The, the wall test to, I do with my kids. To me, that is still one of the – no there's not a lot of research around that right now. Mm-hmm. There's not – we're talking yeah. about addiction and, oh, so yeah, they grow through all that. But if you you are looking at your – looking down on your phone or on your, uh, you know, your iPad or on the mm-hmm. phone or on video games – Every single day, like that, for hours and hours, you will shape the body and form the body, yeah. and and that, and at that young of an age, which we hadn't haven't seen that, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I do think that that is something that we're we're not quite fully aware of that people are become more aware of yeah. over the over I, the next decade. I would say one of the hallmarks of a parent that cares is you're constantly worried: Are you doing the right thing? Yeah. Am I being a good? We're parent? more worried than them, hundred percent. Yeah, am I screwed up? Oh my god, what did I do? But you know, when you look at the actual studies, the most important thing that you can provide your child that will ensure, or not ensure, but will give them a, a, a higher chance of success in the future. Number one is love, a loving uh, environment. In fact, you can have loving environment. As long as the parents are loving and stable, a lot of shit could be wrong. And that tends to produce good outcomes. For sure. Uh, discipline is the second one. So, and what I mean, what they mean by discipline, when you look at the studies is structure. Is there a structure? Yeah. Are, is, are things dependable? Do I know when my dad's going to be home? Do I know when my mom's going to be home? Do I know how they're going to behave and act? Do yeah, I, it's you consistent. Know, it, are, it, whatever your structure is, as long as right. it's consistent, combine that with love, you have a good, uh, you have a good environment. The, the worst outcomes were a super high discipline, high structure, no love household. Mm-hmm. So the ones where like the dad is like, no, you do this. You clean your room. Call me sir. Whatever. No love, no compassion. That results in in bad outcomes, yeah. Know, from what I've read, where kids sure. turn out pretty pretty bad. Now, so. it, what do you what happens though when the dad's like that, but then the mom is very loving on the other on the back? I'm end. sure it balances. Yeah, out. that's so. I'm sure that is you know because yeah. um, there's probably some strict one strict parent. You see that sometimes, yeah. right, with couples where you have one that's like overly mm-hmm. abrasive, strict, and hard, but then the other one is like in- incredibly loving and compassionate yeah. and well i mean i look at like uh my wife she grew up so different from me like so different from me but the one thing that is in common is that our both of our families were very loving both families very very loving 
So when I, their family is very loving, very supportive. When you meet them and you see them with the kids, they're very good with the kids. Same thing with my family. Everything else about our lives is totally different growing up. But that one thing in common and the outcomes were, you know, like I said, my wife is, a, she's a great, great person. Now, because of that, have you encountered any hurdles yet? I know Aurelius is so young. And so are there things yet that you have, you guys have encountered where you would do it different than her and you guys have kind of gone like, uh, and, and battled a little bit over, uh, over something. Some things. Like I mean, just, he's so young right now. Yeah. I'm sure she probably makes the call on Believe most of it her. or not. So she had very little comparison to my house. Her, the struggle structure was so different and there was far less discipline, I guess, if you were to, if you were to say. Although they were consistent, it wasn't like they had bedtimes, they had to do certain things or whatever, whereas my house was a little bit more structured. But she, believe it or not, is more structured than I am. She's more of the, this is the time that we do this and you, you need to go to bed by this time and this is how much time you have electronics. And, yeah. and I tend to be a little looser, which is interesting. Considering now, because of that, does it ever cause rift where you kind of like, hey, come on, relax, let them do it. You and know, the, she's like, no, this is how it's going to be. The rift uh, was more with my uh, older kids, mainly because it's challenging to have somebody discipline your kids when they're not the biological parent. Right. It brings up weird things. And then also... It's raising kids in a in fifty percent custody is very strange. Like they're with me for a week, they're gone for a week. Stuff that they do with their mom, the the structure is different than it is with me, and it, and there's a lot of challenges around that. I mean, oh, I can imagine. I can't. I mean, because one, it's it's important that even though you guys are divorced, you stay united. So the, and then they come back and they've done they have behaviors that you don't approve of at your house and so how do you not bash mom but correct their behavior took, at the it, same time it, that's got to be such and a, then there's a the fine in, dance and then there's the insecurities of uh, I don't want you to hate it here you know we you know especially initially when we first got divorced I don't want you to hate it here so I don't want to upset you and then I don't want to be too strict because then you're gone and I'm gonna miss you and it's really really a weird challenging uh, thing to do. So the rifts were there. That's what. That's where a lot of the rifts were. Now, have you found, do you feel like you have, because it's been a while now, have you found your stride in that? Like, do you- We're or, getting there. We're totally getting, you know what's funny? Mm -hmm. I So uh, recently, and I wish I did this earlier. This was a bonehead move. I should have done this earlier. But recently I've bought books on, uh, on what do they call them? Blended families. And in these books, they say it takes blended families on average- Five to seven years to hit their stride. Damn. Yeah. And That's so, a long time. I wish I f knew that because three years in, I'm like f losing my, my hair because I'm like, why isn't this? Why we're, isn't fighting over, yeah. we're fighting over this stuff. And, you know, she's upset about this. And, I, and you know, I get upset at her and then whatever. And and then we read the books and we're like, oh, okay. It takes a little while. It takes about five to seven years. Wow. To get that's a long time. Yeah. I did yeah, not know yeah, that. Yeah. For, for things to really, you know, feel smooth or whatever. And it's about right. We're, you know, it's we're moving into the fifth year. And it's now getting into that kind of that wow. rhythm. I know. Wow. I know. Do you guys see the antitrust stuff that's going on with Facebook right no, now? No, you were saying this morning. They're trying to break it up. Really? Yeah. Wait, how, what do you mean break it up? Break up the company. So they, I mean, they have Facebook, uh, uh, was it Messenger and um, oh, like Instagram. Oh, like all the companies and, they own? Yeah, just getting too powerful. Look up uh, a Facebook uh, trying to break up Facebook antitrust, it'll be obviously the first. Well, as a matter of time, for the, before this happened, they they pissed off. Once you piss piss off both political parties, yeah, and then the political parties convince the public that they're the end, that they're the reason why they're the, the reason why it shifted one way or the other. Then yeah. that's it. Now yeah. you've got now nobody's in your corner, and the government's going to come after you. So wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah. breaking antitrust laws. All right, well, let's see what happens. 
I, I, I called, I, I said recently, the era of like free and open social media is over. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the- You the, saw, you, I see Candace Owens is going after him too. His fact checkers. Yeah. yeah. What? How does that they work? They shut down one of her articles um, and said that it was, a, that she lied. I remember what it was. And, it, and she wasn't lying in this particular one. And so she picked that one and took him to court and won. Oh, she did. She won. She won against the. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, why didn't you bring that up? They. So I. Did, I was. I briefly was. I saw it like I don't know a month or two ago when she first like made the announcement and yeah. that she's coming after him and mm-hmm. I saw that you know he was trying to deflect a little bit but I didn't know that they already went to court. Well, the yeah. fact checking thing wasn't that all like programmed uh, algorithms that would pick up a certain language and that's what would flag it. I'm or not. Was for it, sure. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. I love it was actually you, people that would like screen it. I tell you what. I enjoy watching Zuckerberg. Uh, I like watching talk to him Congress. Squirm. Oh, he's, he looks like a robot. He is. I he mean, does not look human. I feel he's like, an alien. So I, so I'm on the other. I feel a little bad for the guy, dude. I really do. You feel bad for I, him? I do actually. I really do. I think that. Um, <laughs> I think he'll cry himself in you know billions and gajillions of dollars. I, well, I never. So that's I. I can't stand that too. Like it's not fair just because guys got lots of money that we we pick on someone like that, right? Here's the thing. And, and, and we love to do this, right? We love to tear somebody down that's made this point. You can't tell me that guy when he was 20 years old in his college dorm and he was messing around with a fucking computer trying to come up with this funny- He was just trying to find a way to he hook was, up a girl. Exactly. Dude. And then it turned into <laughs> a, a massive, massive business. And he's got- Imagine the amount- of, How many employees? Do you know how many employees, Doug, that Facebook has? Imagine- Okay, we've had this conversation but off- But can also walk away from we've it. We've had this conversation off air of the, the challenge that we have of scaling something to the size that we have, which is nothing, yeah. okay? Spec, a, a grain of sand compared to- Yeah, we're the spare change in the couch it, of Facebook. Yes, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so we, we've we talked about the challenge of that as owners scaling and then also being these great leaders- 45,000 employees, 45, full-time. 45,000 employees, Yeah. okay? So that means a large percentage, 80, 90% of his people, he probably doesn't even fucking know that are running his company, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine- the level of stress that would cause. Imagine you guys, sure. we've got uh, 44,000. Okay, we know, let's say, let's pretend that we're really in touch with 942 of our people, but 44,000 people working for us that are turning the screws on our business. I am responsible for because I own the company and I run it. And I can't. I can't get to them all. Like, imagine yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then and you have board meetings of, you know, all the investors and everybody else that want it to go a certain way. And plus, you have to have perpetual growth, uh, you know, so there's always that, like, year after year, you have yeah. all this, like, and excess I- of pressure. But yeah, I get it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's you work your way up to something that that's massive. Uh, you know, he can he can easily walk well, away from it too. Well, yeah, Facebook. Got, so that's another thing, yeah. right? And I know there's people right now that are like they're going to commenting kind of like what you said, Jesuit. Oh, poor him, fucking cry himself to sleep with his billion dollar pillow of yeah. money and shit like that. But it's like. Dude, this guy is in a position. He's as, responsible for so many people's jobs. Right. As is yeah, as is Bezos. I mean, if, if I'm him and and I'm getting bombarded like this, it wouldn't be hard. I, I have to I would would walk away, bro. I would cash out. That's what I'm saying. And walk away. Mm. It would be very easy to do that and not be constantly. Well, it's unfortunate the mob like turns on you, but that's just inevitably what happens. It, it is, dude. You know, like, and I just see. It's and unfo- I'm not. I'm not. It's unfortunate. I'm not justifying that. That's why. Like, I, just, that's don't why. Don't get me wrong. That's why I feel sorry for yeah. him, dude. And, he I, was, and I, I know. I know. I'm. I am the minority in this conversation. There's not a very many people that are probably <laughs> defending Zuckerberg right now. And don't. And I'm. I'm not either. I'm not saying the guy could be potentially completely innocent, but. 
I don't know, man. Imagine what that would look look like to be in that situation, and imagine how much easier well, it would be I've, just I've to say. I've never liked attacking winners to begin with. I always right. had a problem with that, like in, in a lot of different aspects. Well, look, think of it this way, right? Uh, up until 2016, they were crushing, they were blowing up, doing great things. 2016 hits. And they get blamed for uh, Donald Trump winning, so they pissed off the. the yeah, that's the left. what a good point. In in 2015, yeah. is there anybody that's not praising Facebook? No, Facebook's amazing. Everybody loves it. They get blamed for the 2016 election. He gets called to Congress, so yeah. he's just some tech nerd. Imagine <laughs> that you're sitting in Congress. Oh, he was sweating bullets. You're talking to politicians who, let's be honest, the government is the only legal entity in America that legally could really fuck with you. They could really fuck with you, either with your taxes or passing laws or jail you or whatever, right? So he's sitting there. Imagine getting grilled by Congress on mm. TV, which, I, you know, we watch the videos. You could see him yeah. sweating. I'm out before Then that. he's thinking yeah. to himself like, okay, we're going to clamp down on this. We're going to fix this, whatever. Now he's a target. Now he's everybody's like, hey, you better fix this. You better fact, do fact checkers. Do that. Then they do that. Now they're getting bl- uh, blamed for this election. He's getting called in front again. Now antitrust, I mean, it's like... Yeah, getting just just getting it's hammered, getting dismantled well, left ju- and right. Yeah, just think about that. I think we think Mind Pump's got forty thousand employees. You know, of the forty thousand, twenty thousand are affiliates that are also trainers that are supposed right. to be great, doing good things for people. Yeah. And we find out somebody in Tennessee is abusing clients or is hurting people, and it's like, and there are people they're connected to us. But fuck, how many times has you as an owner sat down and talked to that person, even know who that person is? Now, one like, thing, one thing yeah. that they do, I think Facebook does this, is where he has this like open day where. Em- Employees can. Yeah, I told you about that. It's every Friday they do that. Where he. You, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, I don't know. Well, about that. according to my my uh, niece, says it's it's turned into a bad thing because it's turned into just they just a, bash him exactly. Yeah. It's turned into a within that forty thousand people, believe it or not, that are which is so the loud ones. So the- yes, so ironic to me. You're cashing a check every month from the company. And then you got nothing but bad things to bash him and give him shit about. And it's a lot of social justice stuff. There's a mm. lot of people putting pressure on him that because he has this much control, that he needs to do the right thing. And the right thing is to, you know, censor silence this, this or silence, silence that, and stop this. This is all bad. And man, when you are trafficking that much content and stuff, of course there's going to be a lot of bad people that are there's I mean how many bad people use Facebook yeah. there's got to be a million a million yeah. bad people using it so and now you're in this authoritarian position where you have the ability to stop those bad people and so he's getting pressure mm-hmm. from his his own well, people it's done some great things and it's also opened the door for bad I'm, things I'm cashing out that's it's what one, I'm doing it's I'm one out. of it's one of the number 100%. one ways Facebook is one of the number one ways that foreign players can influence american uh, you know, American sentiment or, or how we feel about things. They literally do that. They send in people to... Yeah, they study our culture. It's all there, uh, you know, right mm-hmm. in front of us freely. Like, I you know. know. Yeah, everybody's and, giving their conversations away that used to be private. And then on the flip side, uh, Facebook obviously connects people. It's a great way to share things. And then businesses. Do you know how many businesses have been built and uh, continue to maintain themselves through Facebook, through the ability to advertise on Facebook? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you know, we, okay, Organifi, we, right? We work with Organifi. Great company, uh, and, and now they're a huge company. Way back when uh, Doug and I first met the owners, a long time ago, we went to this internet. This is how they grew, right? Mar- that's this is, the, this is where they really started to market. Yeah. And without Facebook, how would a startup company, an organic supplement company, have penetrated this supplement industry? Like, mm-hmm. what would they, they would have had to go through all these 
you know, these these the cut red tape and whatever. But they were getting on Facebook when it was kind of a you know kind of new thing. Yeah. And they built this incredible brand um, and successful company. Now they employ thousands of people themselves. So it's one of those things. It's a powerful tool. Like like look, fire got invented. It transformed humanity. And there were a lot of people that got burned too, right? No, yeah. I always think about that because I mean they did a, a great job, but also you know it feels like an invasion of privacy on some level because it's like, well, how did you know I really like that? You know, it's like they've been piecing all this together to actually like pair you to brands that actually make sense to you. I know. And I have to, I, you know, I check myself with that. Yeah. The irony of it is- I, I've been defending that since yeah, day I know. The irony I know is I choose to go on there. Yeah, that's I right. To, I don't have to use it. Their product. 100%. And, they, and they're only, and really when you think about it, they're, they're only getting better and better at serving you the content that you want. You want it anyway. Don't tell me yeah. what I want. You want to yeah. get angry? We got angry for you. Yeah. There you are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is what happened. It, yeah. It's like a big Everybody's mirror. Everybody's angry right now. It's like a big mirror. It is. Right? In your face, it is. Why it are you is. showing? That's why we me- don't like it because it's a reflection of where we are. Yeah. That's why, an- why are you showing me all this fake news? You know, the algorithm's like, uh, because you like fake news. Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you keep clicking on. Yeah, no, totally. it's no, it's so true. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. Eagle has landed. Quee-qua. First question is from Ander Beth. What exercises would be best in growing the glutes without building quads? Yes. Didn't I bring this up on the uh, recent episode? Glute gains. We just talked about something where this came up, and I think uh, this one of the single best exercises you can do uh, is a sumo deadlift for this. Mm. Uh, I it's was a staple exercise for me with teaching any of my clients that wanted to grow their butt. That one and hip thrusts, I would say, are, are my one and two. Yeah. You now, know. so I, when I would train female clients that really want to develop their butts and their hamstrings, so traditional workout programming for lower body would look something like this: some kind of a press, whether it's a squat or a leg press or a hack squat, and then followed by another quad dominant exercise. Traditional bodybuilding would be like a leg extension, or maybe it would be like a lunge. And then the last exercises would be hamstrings and glute uh, isolation. I would flip that on its head. If I had a client that really wanted to develop their glutes and their quad dominant or they're like, my quads are really big, the whole first half of the workout is all focused on the posterior chain. So we're going to start with uh, hip thrusts. Then we're going to do stiff-legged deadlift or a sumo deadlift or a good morning. Then we're going to do leg curls. Then we're going to do some tube walking. And then we move to your barbell squats, Mm -hmm. your lunges, and that kind of stuff. And by doing that, and studies show this, the exercises you do in the beginning is where you tend to get a greater percentage of the gains versus the ones you yeah, do more at responsive the end. right 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 yeah no I, I I fully agree with that I mean those are the bangers is 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 doing uh, hip thrust and you know basically just targeting the the posterior chain in general 
uh, you know, with with deadlifts. I like that too, like addressing the glute means. I, I don't think that uh, a lot of people think about that as like you know, something to, to really target to give you even more of a full uh, 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 developed glutes. And I think it's just, it's it's very commonly turned down or turned off. You know, I know people freak out when you say turn off, like, because you're not completely disconnected from it. Mm-hmm. But if you have, if you, if your feet cave in pronate, right, you are, and your knees collapse in, which is really common, all right? Like I, I would say what 50% of the people that the first time I ever had them squat, uh, knees cave in, knees cave yeah, in. It's relatively it, common. Yeah. I would say it's a, a maybe 50, 50 of the mm-hmm. people. So a good portion of people have already got this, you know, pronating the feet, knees collapsing in internal rotation of, of the femur, which shuts off the glute med, which means that when they do a lot of these exercises, the quads take over it or other parts of the butt take over it and you're just not incorporated. That's why I love the sumo deadlift. Yeah, so, yeah. and you, and you know, it's funny is that people have figured this out because what do we see now all the time? We see the, the, those bands, the booty bands on, on knees while they're while squatting, squatting. deadlifting, and what all they're really doing is they're putting emphasis on the glute med because yeah. they're having to push mm-hmm. out while they also squat. And you know, I think it's a great tool, but the the real thing is like there's you, a better way to do that. Yeah, though. yeah, you want to get to a place where you can intrinsically do that and address why you struggle with that. And you know, sure, the band may uh, be great for supplementing right now to use it, but the ultimate goal is to get to a point where you understand what you're why that you're you're, you're compensating the other way. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's you know there's something else you could do where, and this may sound uh, a bit crazy, but this is again borrowed from bodybuilders. You know, if a bodybuilder, let's say, has uh, overdeveloped triceps uh, and their biceps are underdeveloped, bodybuilder may actually stop doing direct tricep work for a yeah. while while focusing on the biceps yeah. um, to balance the arm out. So, and this is okay sometimes. Look, if you're doing a hip thrust and you're doing a sumo deadlift. You're getting enough quad activation to where you're not like you're losing tons of strength and function. So you may just avoid quad exercises while focusing entirely on glute and hamstrings to allow them to balance out. And that's totally fine. Well, this is also too, and you see a lot of, uh, you know, people promoting, uh, you know, explosive movements like box jumps and things like that. I, I like hard style kettlebell swings for this reason too. So I work on that hip hinging pattern, but also uh, with hard style, you're really putting that emphasis on uh, driving those hips as, as hard as you can, squeezing your glutes through that uh, swing. I, I love the, the, the example you gave first. I mean, that is exactly what it would look like for me is I would do all these hamstring glute dominant exercises first. Yeah, the first like three exercises. Yeah, and then honestly, if I did anything, it would be a lunge or a squat. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a, enough quad in lunging and squatting that you're not going to not address the quads whatsoever, but all the energy and focus is on hamstring. And by the way, hamstring, uh, one, of the, one of the best things uh, ever is to develop the hamstrings because it gives the illusion of a better butt. Because the way the, the hamstring runs and tucks like mm-hmm. under the glute like that, it gives this... It gives it this shelves it. A bit. Yeah, it does. It yeah. gives it more shape. So, what, putting a lot of energy and then that's a difficult one to do. There's not a lot of exercises uh-huh. people are familiar with, like for uh, uh, hamstrings, these leg curls, and you know, like that's like or dead stiff legged deadlifts, yeah, and that's kind of yeah. yeah. Well, not a lot of people do good mornings, and they yeah, should because true. it's a great exercise. But putting more emphasis on hamstrings, glutes, that's your that's your leg workout, and then occasionally throwing the squats and the lunges mm-hmm. in uh, will give you enough, and still a lot of glute in those both those exercises, but then getting a little bit of quad, quad work. Next question is from Michael GJ. 
How do I know when to increase or decrease workout intensity? Okay, you know, we did a podcast a while ago with uh, Joe DeFranco, who I consider to be one of the best trainers uh, in the world. In fact, I used to watch his stuff before Mind Pump. He was somebody that I looked up to. He inspired all of us. Yeah, you know, yeah, really. And the the dude's just smart. Very, very smart guy. uh, Very humble. And we did this podcast with him where we talked about heart rate variability. Um, and you know, the advanced coaches and trainers will measure the variability in your heart, you know, between your heartbeats or whatever. And depending on what that variability looks like, they'll they'll know if they can train the athlete with more intensity or less intensity. But it's a very complicated process. I would never communicate that to the average person because it's just way too much. Mm-hmm. And he came up with this brilliant- I, I love this about He had Joe. this brilliant, brilliant way of doing it with his athletes. And what he would do is he would have an athlete take a grip tester um, where you can buy these really cheap on Amazon where you squeeze it as hard as you can and it tells you mm-hmm. how many pounds you squeezed or whatever. And you would have them do them, you know, squeeze this thing with the left and the right as hard as they can and then do it over the course of, uh, you know, a, a couple weeks. Take the 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 kind of average of the high scores, and then if they came in for a workout, squeeze the gripper, and it was below that number or way below that number, he knew that he would have to train them a little lighter because their body was a little fried. If they came in at that number or higher, okay, we're going to work out a little bit harder. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think that's a great way to if you want to get specific. Yeah, that's a great tool. Hand dynometer. Uh, Dynamometer. Yes. How do you you say it again? Dynometer. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, I remembered what it was, but I can't even pronounce it. Dynometer. I I think that is, (laughs) I mean, Joe is full of all kinds of uh, brilliant information, but that was one of those, like, I mean, that was just not that long ago for us, right? It was was just, what, a year and a half, two years ago when Joe was here and he said that. And I remember looking at everybody's face. All of us were like, oh man, I would have totally utilized that. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been in this for a game for a long time too, so it's not often that. Uh, we hear something from another coach or trainer that we went, holy fuck, why did yeah. I not do that? It simplifies it so much. And like you said, like, and I've gone through the HRV and, and really tried to mess with that with athletes and try and track and, and monitor that and see where their levels were for the day. And uh, inevitably it would, it would, it would uh, flux a lot. And, and uh, it wasn't as accurate as you'd hope it would be in like, was something that was like a reliable source. So like it, a lot of the times we were just like going based off of feel or whatever, like external factors like if they had you you know a lot of stress they're carrying that you know outside of act, the actual workouts like that's what we were considering the most well yeah as an experienced trainer once you've been doing this for a long time you can you can get and you've had a client for a while oh um, you could tell i could tell when right? they walk like, in the door exactly. right right i could t- exactly i could care, their eyes i could tell by their posture i could tell by the very first thing that we start to do like oh am i going to be able to get after them today or am i going to pull back on intensity so when someone like this asks a question and we don't have i don't have that right i don't have a i don't have an example to pull back from when I've seen you work out before. To me, the best answer is what you just said with Joe. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever come across anything that I think is better mm-hmm. to give to the the masses as like, listen, this is a great way to get an idea mm-hmm. of if you should pull back on intensity or get after yeah. it. Now, if you don't want to test your grip, if you don't want to get yourself a hand dynamometer or dynometer, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure which way is the right way to say it. Yeah. Um, then you're going to have to go based off of feel. Now, here's the trouble with going based off of feel. We lie to ourselves a lot. I still, I've been doing this for a long time, I still lie to myself. I'll, <laughs> I'll go into a workout knowing I had bad sleep, knowing whatever, and then you know I'll, I'll take my pre-workout and, or whatever and be like, yeah, I'm just going to crush it anyway, knowing full well, if I'm being honest with myself, that I probably should have gone a little easier. 
Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't want to measure and have something objective, you're going to yeah. have to go based off. Well, here. here's the thing though, too. The opposite is true too, though, Sal, depending on who the person is. You know, there's how many clients have you trained that are looking for the excuse to exactly. So same. The 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 real true thing is you you have to have the awareness to know which one you are. Are you the person that is always looking for excuses to get out of a hard workout? Yeah. Or are you the person that's always looking for excuses to push to the, your limits? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and if whichever one you are, that's where you need to kind you of get check find balance. Exactly. You got to check yourself on that because you may be that guy, but then I know most of my clients would be the other person. And most of my clients are like, oh oh, you know, I didn't get really good sleep last night, so could we just like stretch today or take it easy? And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's going to happen some days. And I'm, you know, I remember talking about referring back to great uh, interviews that we did or friends of ours that are, were brilliant is uh, Dr. Andy Galpin talking about there are some benefits too to when we are overly stressed, tired, and may, may not be the most ideal day to work out that you also train intermittently like that too is to sometimes actually push through that, you know, so your body... Can you're building resiliency by that? That mm. you know, so every you know time how to navigate through that, right? right? So I mean, you, if you think about it, if every time you have rough sleep or stress or hard time, you you pass on a workout, mm -hmm. uh, you also your body will adapt to that. That you you so you want to make sure that you train it and challenge it. It's just like which one do you abuse more? Are you the person mm -hmm. who abuses the oh taking time off all the time, or are you the person that abuses I probably should have taken it easier today and I pushed too far? Next question is from Garrett Ferguson. Do you think intermittent fasting can be used long term? Does it lose its effectiveness? Okay, so when you look at from a physiological standpoint, okay, when you have uh, people that intermittent fast versus people that don't intermittent fast, all other factors being equal, calories, macros, same types of food, similar lifestyles, doesn't make a difference at all, okay? But that doesn't mean it doesn't make a difference. And the reason why I'm saying that is because all factors are not always the same. Mm. Uh, fasting is appropriate for some people and for other people, it's terrible. It's a terrible idea. If you're a high stress individual, if mm. your hormones are out of whack, uh, skipping meals can, can not be a good, it can be a bad thing. It can lower testosterone. It can, it can cause imbalances with estrogen and progesterone in women. If you have issues with food, if you're somebody that in the past would restrict yourself from eating. Uh, if you if you leaned more towards the anorexia, bulimia side, maybe you weren't uh, all that that far, but that's the side you lean to. Fasting's a bad idea. It's just called starving yourself uh, and seeing how long you can not eat. Um, if you're on the other side, though, if you're somebody that tends to overeat and wants to eat every three hours or two hours because you are obsessed with building muscle, then it may be a good thing. Fasting from a physiological fitness, physical health standpoint, it's not a tool I like to use very often. I right. like to use it as a psychological tool, as a tool for people who may need to develop different relationships with food and only for the right kind of people. Yeah. Other than that, it's not something that I really should, I don't think should be used by a lot of people. Well, you see the popularity of it still is like increasing. And a lot of it mainly is about staying in that window. And that's what's being promoted the most right now is, is you know, I have this, this, this block that I'm trying to eat everything within this eight hour window uh, as the answer to keep everybody lean. And so people like will keep this, this window is there, they're from here on out. I'm going to try and eat this way. And I just, I have a problem 
with trying to be that structured all the time, not allowing for any flexibility to begin with, regardless of if it gives you like the the type of benefits that it gives you initially. Uh, you know, at some point, uh, your your body is going to change, and you have to be able to adapt with it. Well, I I go back and forth on this because it, it also kind of reminds me of the the generic advice of don't eat past seven, right, or don't mm-hmm. eat past six o'clock, and. We've, there's all kinds of science that we've seen that supports that that doesn't make a difference, right? It doesn't matter if all calories and everything is measured and equal. It doesn't matter. Same thing goes for an intermittent fasting window. But if you go into it with the intention of what you you recognize your behaviors of, oh, when I eat at this time or I eat at that time, I tend to make bad choices. So I've found that if I make this two o'clock to seven o'clock window as in the only time that I'll allow to eat, I notice... I always tend to make better choices, mm-hmm. and that is your purpose behind always doing intermittent fasting long term. I'm for it, and I and I know that there's some people in our in our space. In fact, I was just watching. Uh, I don't. I think it was another Max uh, interview that he was talking to somebody about this, and it's just uh, a rule that they have made for themselves to keep themselves healthy long term. Is they found that hey, if I just I can I don't tell myself I necessarily can't have this or can't have that, but I say hey, I can eat between twelve and seven o'clock or whatever their window mm-hmm. is. And as long as I stay within that window, I tend to make much healthier and better choices. I like that and I'm okay with that. The only thing, and I know that we caution people a lot on this show because like everything else in this space, it gets really popular and it gets marketed to as a great fat loss tool. And then you get people, in fact, I was just having a conversation last night with my brother's uh, girlfriend and she was talking about intermittent fasting. Oh, I, I love it. You know, and she's not doing it right now. And so she uses it like a diet. You know, it's like, oh, it's, you know, I put on some weight since, you know, Thanksgiving. And so they used to call it skipping a meal. Right. Uh, and so I'm going to intermittent <laughs> yeah. fast. It's not a lifestyle for her. It's not like she's doing it because she knows that she makes better choices when she's, you know, she sees it as a strategy to lose weight. I am not for that. I don't think that's more. But there's some people that are, are aware of th- of this and they go, okay. I make better choices and behaviors when I eat in this window, and so this does work for me, and it's a lifestyle. It can actually result in worse behaviors, too. I've, I've actually mm. witnessed this in clients where they'll do the fasted window, so like, okay, two to six is when I eat. They end up binging in the two to six, oh, it's two o'clock, go nuts. You know, oh my God, it's almost six, I got to get all my food in before you know my, I'm out of my window, right. and they end up encouraging this kind of binge uh, behavior. It really does depend on... A law on the person. It is not the magical thing that we've heard in the past. Uh, if the calories are equal, it doesn't matter. Uh, the reason why some people lose weight intermittent fasting is because they're not eating as many calories. That's the bottom line. Next question is from Turtle Wave. How long did it take you to fall in love with the journey, not the destination? That's a good question. Um, when you love the journey, you're going to go hit the destination and surpass it. So this is always a goal. This was a goal for me, for my clients all the time. My goal was to get my clients to love the environment of going to the gym, to love the experience, to love exercise, to love the process of exercise. Um, Because I knew if I could get them to do that, that they would never stop. That it was always something that they looked forward to, that they knew that it made them feel good in the moment. They enjoyed that whole thing. I wouldn't have to worry about them ever stopping. That's That was always uh, the goal. Now, be, me personally, that really happened to me and solidified for me. I mean, I always loved working out uh, from day one, but it really solidified uh, for me years ago when uh, I had somebody very close to me get very, very sick. 
and um, they were terminal. It took them they, for about a year and a half. They were terminal before they passed away. And I continued to exercise, and I started to fall in love with exercise for different reasons than I had loved it before. It wasn't about the pump or the sweat or the weight that I was lifting or how strong I felt or, or the intensity of the workout. You know that I, those are all things I loved before. It was the meditation uh, aspect of it. It was the feeling good. It was the present, the being present moment uh, aspect of exercise. Like when I'm working out, I'm here. My mind isn't spinning in a million different directions. And so in that year and a half period, I started to really fall in love with the journey in a more complete way, at least when it came to exercise. Now, here's the cool thing about this, and I've seen this with young clients, it bleeds over into everything else. It really does. Like you start to learn that the journey is uh, what it's all about, whether it's business or you know raising your kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you can enjoy the process, um, everything else is easy. Yeah, I think for me, um, I always loved working out, and I I loved self improvement, and I was sort of a junkie towards that. I always wanted to do better in any, especially athletic realm. I wanted to be better. I wanted to move faster. I wanted to get stronger. Um, so I always enjoyed that. But it, I think it really just dawned on me, um, you know, where you could go with with this fitness, like where I could take it uh, to new levels was when I stopped being an athlete. And when I just finally accepted the fact that like, I don't have to work out to produce something, uh, uh, you know, like that, that I, that I measure out on the field. Like it's not, that's not all it equates to. Like there's, there's more to this. Like there's, there's ways of benefiting your body from, you know, a physical standpoint, but also, you know, a mental, emotional standpoint too, uh, where this was something that uh, it just turned into, uh, I'm, I'm doing this to, to benefit my body and to make me feel good and be healthy. Like I didn't, I wasn't in it to be healthy. I was in it for performance, like exclusively. Uh, and so once I moved back here, from Chicago, uh, that I, I struggled with that. And that, that, that was a thing. Like, I, what, what, what am I doing? Why even work out? You know, because I, I worked out to then go play something and then, mm-hmm. you know, display whatever skills or things I've been working on, or if I was stronger, or more explosive, like that mattered. Uh, and now like it, it, it just didn't translate the same. So I just started to have to, uh, reframe it and, and, and look at it in a completely different lens. And then it just finally, I, I just accepted it and it became, uh, something that I just, I fell more in love with it because it, it was really benefiting me and everything just, uh, with my lifestyle. I don't think I, I arrived here until not that long, right before mind pump. Um, for me, I was very, uh, on or off all the time. And when I was on, I had a goal. I was, I was, had something coming up. And so I was going to get myself into shape. Even this is years of being a trainer. Uh, and I, I use my trainer knowledge and experience, uh, to whip myself into shape or to accomplish fitness goals that I had. I don't think it was until I, I fell out of shape. Um, and I left fitness for that, that little two year hiatus when I was in, in marijuana. And when I was doing that, uh, and I realized how unhappy I was. I was, you know, I chased the dollar thing and I was off, obviously, my fitness. I was still kind of working out. I've never not worked out for a longer period of time than a few months, right? I think probably two months has been the longest I've ever not worked out at all. But I was very inconsistent. Uh, I was eating terribly. I wasn't moving at all. 
and I was kind of working out while I was doing the marijuana thing. And, you know, I'd reached that financial goal and I saw just my whole life was kind of in disarray. Like it just, my relationships with my family, my friends, uh, you know, the my relationship with money, everything was kind of all changing around that time. And when I dipped back into fitness and exercise and w- like full time, the attitude was different. It wasn't like I'm, I'm doing this because I have this major goal. Although I did use the transformation goal thing to kind of catapult Instagram and things like that. It really wasn't the main motivation originally, right? Originally it was like, I miss fitness and I miss the way I feel and how it it affects like your point, Sal, every part Mm -hmm. of my life. And after I did the whole, and it didn't come completely full circle until I got to walk away from competing. Cause obviously, so my mindset was there right before mind pump. Then I decide I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna dive back in for those purposes because I see how much it enhances my entire life. But I go, okay, well, I'm also gonna build a business around it at the same time. So let's put this out on Instagram and YouTube and drive traffic to me. And then it wasn't until after being able to walk away from competing where I was on this very strict regimen of what I was doing, training and dieting. And so I think really just in the last you know, probably four years or so, do I feel this way? And it, the way it looks, uh, as far as what, how does it look different for me today than it does then, is what I've mentioned on podcasts many times. There's lots of times where, you know, a, a day of, of exercise may be, you know, Katrina and I go somewhere and do a two and a half hour hike somewhere. Or I may just work on my squat, or I may just do mobility for a while, or I'm doing. Uh, I look at uh, it a lot different. It was always like goal based before. If I was in the gym lifting in my mid to late 20s, I was doing it to accomplish something. I was in pursuit of a lower body fat percentage, I was in pursuit of building more muscle or more strength. It always there was always an end goal in it. It wasn't like I'm doing this to enhance my life. Today it's 100% that. Today it's I want to feel better, I want to sleep better, I want to be stronger, I want to have energy, I want to be able to play with my son, I don't want my joints to hurt. And so therefore, every day I'm trying to do something uh, that's related to health and it just looks different. It doesn't look like a structured, you know, hit every body part workout. It doesn't look like that because sometimes it's not how it plans out for me. And I'm and, and I'm okay with that today where in the past I would write that off as, oh, I'm not even going to train because I don't have time to do this or, you know, go for a hike. That's not really going to help me build more muscle. So I'm not going to do it. And so that's really come full circle for me in the, in the last probably five to six years, really. Yeah, I used to with 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 clients, we would have this conversation later on when I when I realized that I, I wasn't doing a good job getting people to stay consistent. And the conversations I would have is I'd say, okay, um, what are your favorite things to do that involve movement and activity? And they'd say, oh, I I like dancing. Like that's your cardio. So um, can you dance uh, twice a week? You know, or can you can you dance a little bit every single day? And they're like, "Are you serious? Shouldn't I be running?" Like, no, no, no. Do that. You enjoy it. I know you're going to do it because you love doing it. Um, the structured workout will be with me. Let me do the structured workout. And then I know my goal was, I'm going to make them love this. And 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 off, usually it wasn't the workout itself that they loved. It was the the way they felt and the environment and the people and they developed this good relationship. But yeah, this is. This is key, and it's funny how all of us are talking about how we we all worked out for years before this became a thing. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen 
overnight. Well, uh, it's also it's a, it's a process. I also think that's I mean that when we had that very first talk on Mind Pump, this was the things that we felt were important to communicate to yeah. the masses that wasn't being talked about. Everything's about body fat percentage. Lose. You know, How do you get lean? You know, How do you gain five surface, pounds? Uh, goals. Right, yeah. and uh, there was just I think a much more important conversation. We all do think there was a much more important conversation that needed to be had with the masses. Like you know, yes, we if we want to get down and break down macros and talk about you know planning out a plan for someone to, to accomplish something. We've all proven that we can yeah. do that to ourselves and do that to other people. But when you talk about long-term behaviors and changing people's lives, that this becomes a part of their journey and not just a short right. goal for a wedding or a Vegas mm-hmm. or something they have, that it, it sounds a lot different. And the, thing, the things you communicate are a lot different. And totally. it's a lot of the motivation behind what we it's do. It's a crucial part to uh, personal growth. You know, and then that's uh, something that, uh, you know, it's very obvious when you're in it, but you got to be in it. Totally. Look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. Come find us on YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Doug, the producer at Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic, nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.